This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE. We will also be appearing live at SF Sketchfest on Saturday, February 8th at 4 p.m. at the Punchline in the heart of San Francisco. For tickets and information, you can just go to probablyscience.com, powered by Squarespace, and click on Live Appearances. We are very pleased to welcome Professor Matt Walker from UC Berkeley, who's a specialist in sleep, and comedian Kurt Braunohler from Delocated, Bob's Burgers, Conan at Midnight, lots of great stuff. Um, and we're going to be having a few surprise guests as well. So if you want to uh, tweet in questions for us to ask Professor Matt Walker about sleep and anything related to it, hit us up on Twitter at Probably Science, and we would love to get to your question during our live show. We'll see you then. Probably Science. We have just turned 100 people. Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I am sat with Andy Wood. Yes. And Jesse Case. Hey, I think I just turned like 17 or something. Yeah, I think... I, <laughs> you guys Andy's, are 100. And I was about to say Andy's the only one who's been on every episode, but he hasn't. There was Not one. Joe. Andy's yeah. 99. 98. 98, because you, you missed the live one that I did in... Uh, uh, oh, at, Minneapolis uh, at Convergence and, Con. That's right. And then the the one I recorded with Nick Doody in London. Oh, and there was one you guys did without me in Jesse's room. Yeah, oh, that's true. Right. So you're 97. Yep. So none of us are 100, but together well, we round up. We'll round up. Yeah, we'll call it 100. Uh, it's pretty amazing. 100 of something. 100 is a lot of something. If we were a TV show, we would be eligible for syndication. At this Absolutely. Point. We would never have to work again. Yeah. So if anybody wants to pick up this podcast for syndication... If anyone wants to just animate every episode of this podcast that we've done so far and just put it straight out there... Who would ever do that? Product. Who Gil- would, just, who would take an existing podcast and just animate it? I think our guest, uh, our special guest... Has just arrived, so we should probably take a break, break for a second. We're taking a break. Sure. You guys, we are very lucky to have uh, back for a second appearance on this show, the wonderful... The lovely <laughs> Karen Gillen. <laughs> Woo! Oh, I wooed myself. Hi. Thanks for coming back. We appreciate it. Yeah, you just wooed the general here. concept of being here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the concept of being here that I was wooing, not yeah. myself. Yeah. Hi again. Happy hey. to be back. Yeah, yeah. Your hair's grown out. Yeah, so I'm not completely bald anymore. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just kind of got you were full on bald when you did the show. Full on bald. Was I full on bald? Did I not even cover? Did I not have the decency to put a hat? No, you had a hat on, but but it was like it was fair. We were expecting you to start singing "Nothing Compares to You." Like you did tear a picture of the Pope that was unrelated. Um, just unrelated political action. That's just standard procedure. Standard procedure. For audio podcast, we make every guest tear a picture of the Pope. It's the first time we ever mentioned it. Now. Yeah, yeah, but it's sort of like a science thing. I don't know. We'll tie it together. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we we just discussed this. This is our hundredth episode. I don't know if you know. Congratulations! That, it's, it's Happy birthday! It's a ton of. Uh, Thank you. Time. You'll never know what it's like to be on something that has a hundred episodes or over. <laughs> no. <laughs> if only. <laughs> if only you knew something that had Someday. five thousand episodes, yeah. and thirty-five Christmas specials. That must. Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Who must have some kind of record for. It's gotta uh, have a record. If for, it's not the longest, uh, just for it's the longest running sci-fi show in the world. Okay, longest yeah. running sci-fi. Okay, yeah, I thought man, General Hospital like... would be the longest running sci-fi. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Mm. <laughs> it's a soap. It's, it's less. Oh, it? It's less specific than other hospitals. <laughs> it's like okay. it's a very very yeah. general, yeah. general yeah. generic hospital. hospital yeah. I think it's originally called. They just cover yeah. everything. They they give everyone bran for breakfast. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, uh, so we got we got some people to thank before we get started. Yeah, we have a bunch of listeners uh, who donated, which you can do by um, 
you can just go to probablyscience.com and click on donate, and that helps us cover the cost. We got this nice new mixer, which is overkill. Ooh. This thing it is overkill. It's very size fancy. Of a Before tank. we even get into the donors as well, I w- I just want to I was roundly mocked uh, a couple of episodes ago for trying to solicit our listeners for general DIY help. <laughs> what do you mean? Remember oh, when, yeah. When my my girlfriend's uh, light switch are broken, and there was confusing wiring, and I was like, I don't know how to fix it. And you were like... If you, you threw can't... in it, if you know what I mean, I, I would love that. <laughs> my girlfriend's <laughs> light switch was broken, well, if you if know, you what, know I what I mean. Well, some people did know what I meant, because they were electricians. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <You> jackass. Um, <laughs> so, just a, a massive thanks to, firstly, Carl uh, Frankie, who... Uh, who also hosts the... Is it Frankie or Frank? I don't know. There's an E on the end. It's Frank with an E on the end. And he hosts the podcast Post-Rapture Looting that I've been on an episode of as well. You could download that. And he helped me a bit. And then we both got stuck. And then finally, um, Jeff, listener Jeff Riok, who tweets under the name of Frack underscore you, who used to be a submarine electrician. Like, he wow. used to be a naval submarine uh, wiring guy. And he was kind of confused by it as well, which... Like just, I, I feel justified now. I'm being confused yeah. when a, like a professional electrician was still like, I don't know what's it, going on. It seems on with that. like that'd be so easy to get electrocuted with that job. It totally, the whole thing's underwater. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, just a nightmare. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess they got to make sure that thing's waterproof or something. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but he finally helped, and now the lights, the light turns on and off. You'll all be utterly relieved to hear anyone who's Thank been following God. the saga. Is there was there a moment of insight where you suddenly where it all made sense? Where if you will, the light bulb, flick, <laughs> or a light bulb, did the light bulb flick? No, but seriously, what was the actual problem? Do you, can you easily explain? Also, to submerge a submarine, how how much baking soda do you have to put in the back of it? <laughs> Where is the, the baking part. soda compartment? That's the tricky part. Um, the problem, in a nutshell, was the house is old and was wired by someone who isn't good at, electro- at electronics. Okay. Uh, so the live wire was shared between two different separate switches. Oh, that's which, weird. Is, okay. which is not a thing that they should do, I don't think. Sure. And one of them, like, there was a continuation of a wire that had been stripped in the middle, which, again, you definitely shouldn't do, wrapped around one of the terminals of the second wire, and then went off into the wall. Um, you figured all this out without even tearing out drywall and stuff? I figured it out without tearing out drywall, but I did borrow from, again, past guest on the show, Emery Emery. He mm-hmm. had a circuit tester. Oh, so I tested okay. it and found out that these two things were actually connected. So also, if we know any Science. firemen, be on call for <laughs> Matt's girlfriend's really... house. Be on call. Yeah, if any of our listeners uh, are firefighters, then uh, <laughs> do tweet us at ProbablyScience or email ProbablyScience at gmail.com. And remember to mark in the subject line, fire. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a listener who is maybe an amateur exterminator. Morgan Perrine wrote in because I mentioned the rat problem that I had. Amateur exterminator. Yeah. Uh, probably suggested... Science has just turned into probably sort out our lives. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He suggested cayenne pepper, and I, I have to point out, I'm not trying to prank the rats. I don't want to <laughs> yeah, make him yeah. sneeze. We don't, but he said that uh, if you put some cayenne pepper around, it will actually it'll sort of be like pepper spray, and it'll bother them to the point that they won't keep going to those that, places. Like, screw this but okay. the good news is the exterminator we have now, it seems to have gotten it under control. And I haven't seen any... He used the ghost pepper. Right? Yeah, he's, he's the <laughs> 1,000 capsaicin level ghost pepper. Um, but I finally cleared out that creepy, there was a closet in my room that was just kind of my land, the landlord's stuff. Like he was just allowed to keep his shit in my bedroom closet for some reason. And it was just like decades of piled up bedding and the rats had made a nest 
a couple feet off the ground between a couple of the comforters had torn into things and uh, they had taken my sugar-free gum. They'd taken, yeah. so in the back, cleared it all out, washed everything. Is this like you were, found some gum missing and you're like, where's it gone? Well, I, and then you found yeah, it in there. Yes. <laughs> the, the gum, the, the case that it was in. The gum. Andy and I were having our Wednesday night sugar-free gum party. Yeah. <laughs> it's where we, we just chew sugar-free I noticed, gum. And we were missing some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I didn't know that rats had a taste for, for that. And also, uh. it was nowhere near the ground. So the rats had to get up a couple feet off the ground to get to where that gum had been sitting. Anyway, it's pretty gross. But uh, yeah, I found in the back of the closet a bunch of rat turds and half-chewed gum. Um, also, some old electronics. There's now a, a probably a 25-year-old VCR. <laughs> Karen's Karen's picking hairs hair off of the <laughs> off the pop filter. Uh, no, it was a dog hair. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, in the garage, <laughs> that's, that's wow. still not right. It's still not okay. <laughs> it's it's not a good production here. You deserve better. Oh. Um, we're sorry. But in the garage, there there's a 25-year-old oh, VCR. Ferret, I think you just a ferret. No, it's oh my god, don't even. Oh. Just oh, do you have a ferret thing? <laughs> no, I just I'm gonna be alarmed if he's pointing behind my shoulder. <laughs> Any creature. Yeah, yeah. No creatures. There'll be no creature attacks. I look out for the garden lion. Sometimes it's <laughs> a garden lion. But just yeah, if you want to check out, I just put a bunch of stuff from my closet in the garage, including probably a 25-year-old VCR that has only trace amounts of rat urine on it. So it's... You know what I thought is, is our place, we, we could easily film something set in like the early 90s. Oh, earlier than that. But, well, we well, ha- but we have so many fax machines and like the old IMAX, like the R two D two looking. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like we could just do like a nineteen ninety two era. Like you wouldn't sitcom. have to go anywhere separate to art director production. No, we just have our right our whole there. garage is just ni- early nineties. Yep. You know, but my room is now rat free. I'm proud to say, rat free. This as is of a great place. Twenty fourteen. It no, a- it's not. <laughs> it is like regardless of the rats. <laughs> it, it is like. It is one of those places that you look at, like, it It takes a lot of convincing to go, no, this isn't just right. paradise. On a day like today, it looks beautiful. <laughs> there's right. the swimming pool, and there's, the like, the apple tree and the orange tree and everything, and it yeah. looks idyllic. And no, but it's like the shining. It's like when the sun goes down. Yes. It, gets, it all changes. It all <laughs> exactly. changes. And we literally live with a guy that just has an axe and sort of, like, chases <laughs> us around. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> Karen, do you have any uh, any household repairs or any problems that you need our listeners to solve? Um, let's see. I bought a television the other day, but someone installed that for me, uh-huh. so so I don't need any help with that. Um, the movement well. Oh, here's something actually. So right the other day, I went to um, turn my television on, and it wouldn't turn on, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I realized that electricity had stopped going to that particular plug in my house, so I had to move. So I had to plug it into a different plug socket. Sure. So why would it just randomly not be there just anymore? Just one plug. An old house with shitty wiring is my guess. But it's it was fine building, one day. Isn't it? Gone? No, I think it's older. Right. Well, you might have... Uh, I mean, if you hadn't used that plug for the television and everything before, you might have surged it. Oh, you know, I did which, that. which that... That's happened. I've had to... I had to find the right plug in my room for my computer that where it would still work after five minutes. Okay. Are wiring's that bad that you would flip breakers? Our, wi- our wiring's brutal. Yeah. I mean, this That's every surprising. summer it goes out almost every day because when the AC is on. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we are very wasteful here. It's not our fault. I mean, it's the house. Well, no, fault. we had the we had the just the door open for months for the for the cat. Oh, that's right. If I would close it, then one of our roommates would just open it again, so the cat could come and go. <laughs> right. Oh, someone must have meant to. And leave now the cat's gone, open. and then we have rats. It's right. it's a never ending. <laughs> it's like it's like a. The cat's been dead for almost six months, but I still. It's have like a friends. Buddhist riddle. I have friends that still can't sit in the living room because they're allergic to the remnants of the cat that's still there six months later. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's brutal, you guys. Okay. We should get to actual science. We thought, because it's a 100th episode, 
There's so much. There's so much we could talk about related to the number 100. We haven't done much math on the show recently. We could talk about Act One of the movie 300, <laughs> which those were some great apps. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! At least 100 of them. Yeah. Well, it's not divisible by six, so it probably wasn't exactly 100 apps. Oh, is each one a, considered an ab? I don't know. Can you can you have a single ab? Like, is each because those are your abdominal muscles, correct? It's right. not the abdominal muscle. I don't really know why they have the ripple to them because it's not like they're connected to things along the way. It's just a connection at the top and the bottom, right? To to bones. I'm assuming. I don't know. Matt, stop feeling Matt's your body like you can figure this out. <laughs> I'm trying to work out like I'm trying to work out as a rhythm. Like, Let me rhythm, count like, my abs. If I had <laughs> if I had muscles, where would they be? Where would they? Be? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. I know. Have eight packs, don't they? Yeah, there is. There are two well, more like superhero ones. movies. That's they all have oh, eight right. packs. Yeah, that's not real. You know, yeah. it's no, not no, a real no, thing. The only thing that is like it's just there's been like ab creep over the years. <laughs> ab creep. <laughs> well, it's it's like, just been ab yeah, It's like urban sprawl. <laughs> yeah. You know. Like it used to be, I think if you went back to the twenties, like anyone who had like you know a two-pack like two or pack. whatever, yeah. Right. yeah, those old muscle men, straight lines, <laughs> yeah, which is where Tupac got his name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he was he was big into vintage weightlifting. Um, everybody knows that. I, how about the bear claw things? How about the things along the sides? The, those. Uh, yeah, but then there's the V muscle thing. Yeah, the. I don't want to say what I've heard that called. What's it called? I don't know. Why Why don't you want to say it? Because it. people have accused our podcast of being too puerile recently. We've been too potty-mouthed. Have people really accused you of that? That's my fault. No, I take the hit okay. on that. It's not your fault. No. It's completely my fault. This no, has all this happened is science. since I've been here. This is science. about biology. This is physiology. This is muscles. This is sort of science. Well, we have some below-the-belt stories today. We do, actually. Oh, I was hoping we wouldn't. Yeah, we're probably going well, we to get Well, no, we, we don't should. have to. No, we shouldn't. We should. Karen, know. the last time you were on, I know we ended up talking about fruit bat fellatio, and you weren't a fan of that. And we weren't either. You know, we didn't have to do that. We didn't want to go into it. I mean, I was okay with it. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. The listener who suggested it wrote in to say that he was disappointed in how disappointed you were in the story. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) It's going to happen sometimes. It's unavoidable. uh, You know. I don't, I don't know. You can't, like, how pumped can you act about it? It's, it's weird. It's weird yeah. to go the other way with it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Super Anyhow, into it. Let's talk about some actual math. So, interesting facts about the number 100. Did you guys know that 100 is the sum of the first nine prime numbers? Uh, no, no. My math knowledge huh? stopped at being able to count the number of cocktail sticks that have fallen on the floor. <laughs> uh, it's also the sum of and the rearranging first... them into a new word without removing one. <laughs> yeah, it's the sum of the cubes of the first four integers, which is crazy coincidental and kind of cool. One cubed plus two cubed plus three cubed plus four cubed is a hundred. Really it's coincidental? Yeah, just coincidental, I no guess. Way. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I guess. Huh. Yeah. Now you got me thinking as to whether or not it is coincidental. Yeah, that's more philosophical. I'm not. I'm not sure. It well, would hang be on, that would. It's got. It's got to be coincidental because 100. We only use base 10 because we happen to have 10 fingers. Well, that's like we saying the first 10 that. multiples of nine all add up to nine. It's that's not really coincidental. That's just what? how it's going to work. The first. T- uh, 18, 27, 36. All those digits always add to nine. Oh, oh. But that's not coincidence. That's just how. That's well, going to work. Every multiple of nine, if you add all the digits together, um, will end up as either nine or another multiple of nine. So if you keep adding all the digits together until you end up with a single digit, that'll be nine. So sure. it's, what it's about, always easy what, to test. What about 99? 99, 99, 9 plus 9 is 18. 18 nine. Eight, 1 sure. plus 8 is 9. Sure. Uh, it's an easy way to test if somebody's multiple by 9. Was that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Uh, Learning some math stuff. <laughs> and, uh, well, like, I guess the sum of the cubes of the first four integers, that makes sense because the, the triangular number, the sum of the first... It's the first four cubes, not squares. Uh-huh. Well, 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 is 10. 
Oh, that's that's true. So that sort of does seem like it follows. But then, if you add the first four squares, you'd only get uh, sixteen. Um, this is good. This is good radio. Forty-one. Yeah. Forty-one. Good, I good think, radio. Which is nothing. Yeah. Well done. What's forty-one? That's garbage. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. This was. Uh, <laughs> this has been our one hundredth episode. <laughs> this is it. Thanks, guys. Listening. Thank you and for listening. Gary, thanks for being here. Done. Thanks for checking out. But no, that may, so that would be, then be a hundred. Would be the number of ball. Like if you made a pyramid of pool ball, say, with a, ba- a square pyramid of base four. Uh-huh. Would that be... No, that wouldn't work at all. No, it'd have to be a cube one. <laughs> Ignore me. Oh, but work. actually, my math was wrong anyway. The, the sum of the first four squares... What did I say? It was 41? No, it's only... Um, it's 16 plus 14 nine. plus 16. It's only 30. Am I right? I hope... Oh, God, this is awful. This you guys, is, yeah, you guys... <laughs> you know what? We I have, don't know what's listeners happening. Listeners completely didn't do enough science, and now we're... like This isn't Now we're just trying either, to add up. What other facts do you have about num- the number? Well, people uh, either have no idea what we're talking about, or they really do, and they're screaming at their dashboard. Right. They're doing faster <laughs> math. They're, they're doing way faster I math. <laughs> um, uh, well, we also thought it'd be fun... I'm just trying at... to figure out how to make a pyramid out of pool balls. Yeah. Like, how would you set that up? That's very doable. I mean... It's not difficult, right? Wouldn't the ones at the bottom would always fall out? I mean, you'd have to have some sort of adhesive. So would they? It'd be really hard, man. Okay. Well, you put them on a little rough surface, like put them in some sand or something. Oh, well, sand, that's cheating, sand. then. A little yeah. sand pit. Pool yeah, but yeah, everybody knows the sand trick for pyramids. You can't do that. <laughs> and that's how, how the pyramids were built. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's why secret. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. That's the, <laughs> the Egyptians <laughs> tried it first, like on a just on a, on a pool table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just kept rolling all over the place. <laughs> we're going to need disaster. sand. Uh, the pharaoh just kept being exposed. <laughs> Speaking of like, uh, mummies just floating <laughs> off being speaking speaking of which the first known representation of the number 100 was Egyptian. Oh really Jesse? Yeah, it was a a coiled piece of rope was the hieroglyph. The Egyptians, I don't know if you uh, they were the first to use emojis. They invented oh, the emoji. Okay, okay. In fact, if you were a bad bad at drawing in ancient Egypt, you could not be an author. That's that sucks. You've got great stories to tell, but you suck at drawing. So everyone gets your. <laughs> that's pretty brutal. Couldn't you hire someone? Couldn't you like dictate and be like, okay, uh, crow, sun, yeah. <laughs> right. people in profile, and then someone else could, could dictate. Cat headed like woman. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's dark. <laughs> Ooh. Twist. I don't know if people are ready for that. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. people are ready for a cat headed woman. By the way, the first four squares add up to 30. That's what I said. Yeah, okay, just check. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad. Okay, at least Matt took that long, too. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, we are not good at science. Well, you're the one with a maths degree. Yep, we didn't yeah. do any numbers. You have a maths degree? Yeah. Oh, from, Cam- from Cambridge. From Cambridge? Yep. There's so much I don't yet know about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. when you started this podcast, it was Matt's idea uh, because he heard, I think he heard me on stage talking well, about... Well, within a, within about... Within the space of less than a week, I saw Brooks and then Andy both do Both talk about how they needed friends. Yeah. Both and about needing friends. And, and Andy was, did a bit about... town. Yeah. <laughs> he and Andy friends. did a bit about having a nice house with a pool. And <laughs> yeah. It all came together. So yeah, Brooks Whelan was our original third host who had a, has a biomedical engineering degree mm-hmm. and actually worked a desk job at an engineering company until... Last fall, he was cutting up eyeballs and shining <laughs> lasers at them. He was cutting up oh, eyeballs yeah. until Lorne Michaels plucked him out of the lab and hired him on SNL. So now he's on the new cast. Oh, is he really? Yeah. yeah. And actually, yeah, we got a we got a call from Brooks. Do we get a Do we, we get a congratulations? We call? got a little we congratulations. Little... So maybe we should just cut to that real should quick. We, should we play a little message? I haven't heard it yet. Sure. Yeah. Here's here's a former host, original founding member of the podcast, Brooks Whelan. Hello, Andy, Matt, and Jesse. This is uh, Bruce Whalen stuff. Um, and I just wanted to call and say congratulations on 100 episodes. I personally would have quit after 50, and I did. Um, but that's just me, and you guys kept on trucking. And that's why 
you guys will make it, and I will not. So I'm just calling in because I felt like I should. You are my friends. I miss Andy's pool parties. I'm in New York City um, to follow my dream of being on Mad TV right now and uh, just hanging out here. It's very cold, and I'm tired, but um, I hope you guys got some sweet octopus stories and that um, Jesse uh, can somehow get Robert Plant on the show, like Andy honestly believes. Okay, hi Matt, you're my favorite, though other two are no fun. I'm just kidding. Jesse, um, only Jesse listen now. Jesse, you're actually my favorite. Okay, Jesse, tap Andy, tell him he can listen now. You now close your ears, and Matt, keep your ears closed. Andy, um, you are my favorite. Okay, now you can now let the other two know they can unclog their ears. Okay, I told you all that you're individually my favorite, um, but it's that's the way it is. Okay, bye. Huh. Oh, that was a. Uh... It was a nice little message. Very a lovely nice. message. Nice little message. Like a nice guy. Taking yeah. a break from his uh, his, his mundane, mundane Matt TV existence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brooks, uh, original original dude on the show, and we used to just uh, wait. Used to. This is still what we do. We come on the show and bullshit about the science news stories of the week. It's amazing the amount. Uh, like he said, Andy, I miss your pool parties. It's amazing people still don't know I live here. <laughs> ah! Oh my god. <laughs> It's a, it's mind blowing. Like like you were actually here before Andy, I think. Right? I I I'm the one that got Andy the room. I've oh that's right. When I visited here like four years ago, I was yeah. like, this pool is great. If a room ever opens up, yeah, let me know. I've dude, we've had pool parties together where people have literally like thought I was a butler. They've like given me their jacket. Oh. I've had to. One time, people were making out in my room. That's one of the reasons I had to get the lock put on. People were making out in my room, and I was like, hey, can you guys uh, not? do that and they're like well did, how do you know andy did andy tell you to come tell us <laughs> and i'm just like yeah andy just has pictures of me around uh andy just has pictures of my parents on his desk so yeah if you could just not um <laughs> just no one accepts that i live here i mean like if you weren't so like uh creeping in the shadows <laughs> when the sun is out people would think that you, you i know, know you well, walk yeah. around like you own the place a little more and yeah less. you're right you're right i do <laughs> seem to that like smoking jacket that you've yeah. been I do seem like if you were just to look at me, you would not you would not match me with this house. Like, no, I'm was, not saying it's how you. I'm saying it's, it's where you would be during these parties. Like, you'll be in this corner behind the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I like to lurk. You're, you're a lurker. I like to lurk. <laughs> Karen, what's your mo when you're at a party? Like, what's do you like mix it up? Do you like to stay back towards the wall, wait for someone to come talk to you? Um. Well, it depends. Do I know the people at the party? Let's say it's a mixture. Let's say so it's you know, half and let's half. say let's say there's about hundred people at the party, and you know, like twenty five of them. Um, okay, so maybe I will uh, first of all go and see the people that I know, right? And be like, really, like, hey, um, and then yeah, and then like I always find myself outside because generally I seem to get on with the people who like smoke. Sure, the cool so, kids. Yeah, hang outside <laughs> with the cool kids. Yeah. With, I've, with I've, their leather jackets and their mean I've done, yeah. I've done sets before, like comedy sets, like at a bar. Mm -hmm. And everyone I want listening to my set, I can see them outside smoking. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, I'm just like, they're yeah, the yeah. ones that are going to get me. They're out there. They look like they're having some awesome talk. You know, and I'm like, and it's all the weird, boring. <laughs> you just set up a satellite stage, a smoking stage. Yeah, just for the yeah, cool kids. Call. Maybe yeah. go outside afterwards and have a cigarette, and just go, and then just do your do the set with them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm trying to socialize more this year. 
uh, at our parties. Get out of your shell. It's, uh, I think 2014 is going to be a good year for all of us. It is. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Great. Th- well, obviously, it's going to be a great one for you, Karen. Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out soon, right? <laughs> First of August. Going to be oh, a yeah. superstar. And, oh, I don't and know you've also that. got another film coming out. Oh, yeah. So I have another film coming out uh, very soon, actually, on the 11th of April. It's called Oculus, and it's oh. um, it's a horror film, and it's, I mean, it's unbearable to watch because it's so scary um and i made it and it wasn't scary making it but when i watched it i found it really difficult to watch so you've wow. seen a screening wow. of it now. i've seen it yeah and it is so scary and it's um it's a really smart horror film as well so i hope oh, people cool. like it yeah is yeah the fact that you weren't scared on set does that mean nothing that bad happens to your character or would that be spoiling terrible thing? things happen to my character and you weren't nothing at all no, was... because we're making it and we're like eating mcdonald's at three in the morning in alabama <laughs> having a great time and then we all watched it and we were like what is this? It's, no, uh, I imagine it would be really fun to yeah. make a horror movie. Oh, it'd be the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's like I was reading an article recently. Um, the kid in The Shining <laughs> had no idea that he was making a horror film. I bet. Like just had, all the cutaway shots weren't done when he was. In yeah, the room like they and... like they kept it. They kept most of the film secret from him. So yeah. like almost so he he just was making this relatively mundane film where he's knocking around some corridors of a hotel and occasionally talking to these twins right yeah <laughs> like like jodie foster when she made taxi driver like her she still hadn't seen taxi driver like her parents wouldn't let her watch it or something that doesn't surprise me yeah so, uh, so she just thought it was some i don't know i always think about that when i see scenes where someone's saying something awful to a child actor and i try to see if there's ever a shot where they're both in frame at once you know because oh, i good call much, oh yeah like an eastbound and down when he takes on that inner city but baseball team as <laughs> as his project yeah yeah i was like pretty sure there was never a time when the kids were in frame with him like yeah i'm pretty sure these kids are never hearing what he's saying i hope for their sake they're never hearing it so it's always just like a one shot when he's saying yeah, those things. yeah yeah, yeah. and, and then, then the audio is cut over uh-huh. when you see the kids but that doesn't mean that they're there when well, we have happening. a couple of kids in the horror film that we made um and it was really interesting actually because they were so careful with them because it could have been a really harrowing experience for them because the yeah, stuff sure. that was happening to them was kind of torturous <laughs> um, sure but uh, but they were totally fine because it's just about creating a safe atmosphere an environment yeah. for them and uh just making it fun in between takes i guess but like today we're gonna play red on your face yeah we put red on. <laughs> but these kids were amazing they would like be able to cry on cue like 40 times it was oh like, their adulthoods are gonna be very stable yeah <laughs> yeah just totally normal I mean, they were like little adults, basically. Yeah, How would the parent chaperones. Yeah, they're going to be normally so the weirdo ones. Fun to yeah. date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there I was love some people chaperone. that can cry on cue. Ugh. Oh man, it was crazy. We can do it, the adults. So, so yeah. did they have the like crazy parent? They chaperones? had the chaperones, yeah, and they were they were characters. So, like real theater moms. Um, actually, well, I guess so, but not. I mean, they were kind of all, they were all right actually. I really got on with with them. Um. I don't know. I I do find it weird though ha- having your child in in one of those. It's got to be strange. Like, any like I know there's more checks and balances nowadays. Like yeah. the, Like laws have come in in America, for example, where if you're a child actor, your money has to be held in in trust. Yeah. In like I a think third that's party really really good. Because there's so many cases of like like Macaulay Culkin's. Pa- They'll just spend it. Just spending yeah. all of his yeah, money. Yeah. Right. Also, like I mean, if the parents are in another a situation where they need to provide for the rest of their children, like their siblings, then they'll spend the money and they'll probably say that they'll and replace like, it and never do. You're right. our ticket out of here. Yeah, that's it. And he's it's doing like, another film. He's doing another one. Well, every, yeah. that's that's the tricky thing with money, 
and that's why credit works the way it works is because everyone just assumes they'll make more you always assume you'll be doing okay later right yeah. isn't it like this thing uh, the we assume we're immortal yeah actually a listener sent in a story about the just fact the, that the, it's the it's blind our... optimism I mean, that's that's why insurance is weird. Everyone thinks they're the exception to the rule, especially sort of in Western culture and in, in America. Everyone, everyone especially thinks like, I'm not going to be the one whose appendix explodes right. when I'm 40. And it's like, well, right. maybe. Is this Morgan who actually sent in the Fruit Bat Fellatio story? He yes. sent this one in as well? <laughs> he said, he <laughs> said, oh, Morgan. Oh. You old devil. He said he was mad that Karen publicly shamed him for that story. And he said, quote, uh, it's one of the better stories I've collected recently. So, so there. What else there, you got, Karen? Morgan? Yeah. Point taken. Point so Morgan said in a story about the fact that uh, the belief in immortality might be hardwired into us. There was a study that examined the development of, child's, of children's pre-life reasoning. Um, researchers found uh, results by examining children's ideas about, quote, pre-life that suggests that our bias towards immortality is part of human intuition and naturally emerges early in life. And the part of us that we believe to be eternal is not our skills or our ability to reason, but rather our hopes, desires, and emotions. Those are the things that we conceive as being the things that will, that will live on forever. Well, I've, I mean, I've, I've discussed this before. In, uh, I've discussed it on uh, Matt on Emery's podcast, uh -huh. um, where... I really do believe, and this is, I don't want to, this, I don't want to touch on any offensive subjects for anyone, but whether or not there is a higher power, I think it does follow human logic, not necessarily universal logic, not science logic, but human brain chemistry logic to assume there is. And that's why, despite my personal beliefs or lack thereof, big wink on that, um, <laughs> that's why I, I do give people a pass because, um, your brain cannot conceive nothing. It's only known existence. Right. So you would, you can't even imagine a lack of existence. Like if you imagine death, it just keeps going. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you die in a dream, it's, there's more and all of that. So it's like, I really do think that early human would, would just like sit down, think about it really hard around the cave fire and not be able to think like, Oh, that's it. Right, and like it also wouldn't be that. it wouldn't be evol evolutionarily advantageous to get too fatalistic about anything, you know, well, like of being too existential and but, being. But physically, your brain can't do it. That's also true. Yeah, you just imagine yeah. the color black or something, even if you imagine the, you know. Yeah, but then you're imagining sitting in a black room and experiencing that blackness, that's which is also what you wouldn't be doing. Then you would yeah. just imagine uh, the hanging out with me. Sitting in a oh god, we need to get out from behind this barbecue. There's two stories that just came out. Actually, but sorry, before we can do some more into this immortality one. So this is a Boston University study led by postdoctoral fellow Natalie Emmons, and published January 16th, just last week, in an online edition of Child in an online edition of Child Development. It sheds light on these profound questions by examining children's ideas about pre-life. Emmons interviewed children from an indigenous Shuar village in the Amazon basin of Ecuador. She chose that group because they have no cultural pre-life beliefs, and she suspected that indigenous children who have regular exposure to birth and death through hunting and farming would have a more rational, biologically-based view of the time before they were conceived. So, so that's interesting. So there's no pre-life... There's no... They don't believe the in life before. parents aren't saying that... Yeah, there's some right. reason why you should believe these things. Um, what was the control group, then? Uh, for comparison, she also interviewed children from an urban area near Quito, Ecuador, and most of those urban children were Roman Catholic, a religion that teaches that life begins only at conception. Um, although, wait, I thought that Catholics had, like, didn't the Pope uh, go and, like, after the fact, 
let all the pre-born, or that means babies that died before birth. They were like in limbo for a while. Like it wasn't clear if the doctrine was that they were in heaven or hell. And then eventually the Pope was like, all right, they're in heaven. We're just calling that heaven. But I guess that's after it's conception. they can just make that call. Well, I mean, you know, Haley's comet is still excommunicated. The comet? <laughs> the comet. Not, not Haley himself. No, Haley's comet. Um, there was like a pope in 1600 or something. They saw it and they thought it was like an evil spirit. So they excommunicated it. <laughs> and right. it's still, when that comet dies, going straight to hell. Oh, so. I still, oh I, when I was a kid, I, I, and I still, it's sort of stuck in my head, the limbo, like I couldn't separate the Catholic concept of limbo from the, the party game, from, party party game, game. from the sure. activity. <laughs> So just in my like any kid who dies before being baptized is just in a perpetual like oh, state of bending their back. Darker. <laughs> that's, that's even darker. really worse than hell. And there's yeah, a constant that, but, loop of constant Jimmy Like that's fun for about five minutes, but I think if you had to play that game in perpetuity. That's the definition of hell is taking anything that's fun for five minutes and making that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like when we let that trampoline park. For an hour, because you can't get less than an hour of time at the trampoline park. Oh, and five minutes in, you're like, oh, wait, everything wait, there's hurts. There's a trampoline park. Oh, there's, there's a few of them around yeah. there. Like, um, so it's interlinked trampolines. Uh, so there's a room, and it's basically about 20 trampolines all connected to each other with padded bits in the joint between them. amazing. And then around the wall, there's trampolines at a 45-degree angle, so you can <gasps> bounce off them and bounce back on again. And adults do this? It's fine? Well, adults not can... that many adults well, do it. This is what we found out. I well, won't be looked at weirdly if I go there. No, we did. We, we got some we, weird we, looks, we, I think. Well, I don't know, because I think we got away with it but then maybe not because <laughs> wait, we were... wait you you all went this is a while uh, yeah, ago and i went with uh, and Dax Dax Jordan Jordan I think, I probably think, science outing i think yeah. in their defense we got the weird looks because it was on lederhosen sunday which again we haven't we haven't <laughs> we haven't told the listeners yeah. about that we do that we have sugar-free gum wednesdays lederhosen sundays <laughs> there's, there's rules here at bluebell ranch we have yeah, rules at the house but we were a uh <laughs> like we played do- like bounce trampoline dodgeball against what turned out to be a group of very athletic 17 like late teen year olds yeah uh, the height of of both aggression and confidence in your and in your immortality in right? the fact that you're yeah. the best dodgeball and you're never gonna die and yeah. i was nearly sick in there like i came oh, very was... close to just throwing up really just, it's exhausting because if you've been trampolining it trampolining is tiring anyway like you it, said it, have you been yeah. recently like it's changed it's, <laughs> like uh, it's like forget. it's, it's like the... your daddy's trampoline <laughs> no, dude <laughs> trampolines are 10 times stronger now than they were <laughs> <laughs> It's a gateway exercise. It's a gateway fun exercise. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you forget how exhausting it is. Like, after five minutes, you're just wiped. And then we're trying, trying to play this. But then was, you need ball pits. I, I wish I saw this. It's, well, we'll actually, I have some outing. We'll I have organize some another probably science outing. I think oh, I still great. have a group on for it. Amazing, really. Will you go, really? Definitely. After five minutes, I guarantee you'll be sitting down. No way. <laughs> yes. I really like spaghetti bouncing around. <laughs> I'll there's go back. I will everywhere. go back. There are some fun. There's like that basketball area. There's a pit. There's a foam yeah, pit. There's you can like do a foam pit into. that is just doesn't like it's lots of foam cubes. So whatever <sighs> angle you land in it, it doesn't hurt. So you can sort this of do great. flips into it. But wow. you aren't allowed to do backflips. It's a rule in the whole place. Oh, no backflips. I don't know why that, they said that's where the line is. Anyhow, okay, so I'll get through this story quickly. Uh, so they compare these kids who have, who have no religious reason to think that there's anything before life, and then they have these uh, this group of Roman Catholic kids from Quito, Ecuador. And the researchers showed the children's the children drawings of a baby, a young woman, and the same woman while pregnant. Then asked a series of questions about the child's abilities, thoughts, and emotions during each period, as babies in the womb and before conception. And the results were surprising. Both groups gave remarkably similar answers, despite their radically different cultures. The children re- reasoned that their that their bodies didn't exist before birth, and that they didn't have the ability to think or remember. 
However, both groups also said that their emotions and desires existed before they were born. For example, while children... What? I never felt that way as a kid. It's so bizarre. (laughs) I never thought of it. Like, they they reported they didn't have eyes and couldn't see things before birth, but they often reported being happy and that they would soon meet their mother or sad that they were apart from their family. What? And they didn't even realize they were contradicting (laughs) themselves, said Emmons. Even kids who had biological knowledge about reproduction still seemed to think that they had existed in some sort of eternal form. Wow. What are you talking about? What do you mean what I'm talking about? No, I know exactly. I know what you're talking about, but what kind of weird kid? Right? I never felt that way. And if I met another kid who did, it'd be like, you're fucking weird. I remember having this assignment (laughs) where we were supposed to write about what we believed. And this was probably when I was in, I don't know, third grade or something. And I... I remember having a belief in reincarnation for no reason. Like I was raised uh, Presbyterian, which is a very like run of the mill Protestant. Yeah. There's no magical. I mean, whatever. Beyond the reason, regular religious sure. magic sure. stuff. But I just believed reincarnation it was ob- obviously. How obviously. could you? Not, you must do this a lot of times. And I wrote that in some paper. And I remember my, my dad read it. And he was like, "Huh? Okay." Like I could see he was puzzled because like why. Where would I have gotten that? There was nothing we'd ever talked about that would have made me That's think so that. But I totally yeah, believe I suppose that. I accuse these kids of being weird, but no one ever asked me that when I was five. Right. Yeah, I remember you know, So that. who knows? And, and Emmons in the study says, these ideas, while non-scientific, are natural and deep-seated. Um, hmm. Emmons says, I study these things for a living, but even I find myself defaulting to them. Uh, I, know my mi- I know that my mind is a product of my brain, but I still like to think of myself as something, as my- myself, as something independent of my body. I think we do have a yeah. intrinsic, yeah. built-in, like a sense of self and an idea that that's something separate Spirit, from the mind, as different from just things even in when your brain. you're a hardcore scientist and you know that it's part of, it's just part of the mechanism that makes up you. Wow. Um, there, there is, there are two little stories that I want to get into that just popped in today that I haven't had a chance to share with the others. Sure. And one of them is related to both of them are kind of related to the concept of immortality. Um, one of them, um, a lack of immortality might have come from the Neanderthals, or an, or an aspect of it anyway, a whole load of disease genes were picked up through interbreeding with Neanderthals, a major study which is published in Nature, the journal suggests. Uh, Neanderthals passed on genes involved in type 2 diabetes, Crohn's disease, and, uh, curiously, smoking addiction. What? So, <laughs> so these genome studies reveal that our species, Homo sapiens, uh, mated with Neanderthals shortly after leaving Africa. It was previously unclear what this Neanderthal DNA did, uh, and were there any implications for human health, uh, between 2% and 4% of the genetic blueprint of present-day non-Africans, because apparently the Africans didn't do this, uh, came from Neanderthals. And by screening the genomes of 1,004 modern humans, um, the researcher uh, Sriram um, uh, Sankararaman and his colleagues identified regions bearing the Neanderthal versions of different genes. Uh, a gene variant associated with the ability to stop smoking uh, came from Neanderthal origin, which is a surprise. That is a surprise because I'm a very heavy smoker and have a caveman brow. Which, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, 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 I yeah, don't laugh so hard. Sorry, sorry. Maybe don't. Jesus, she's spitting out her water. Um, no, I have. This is true. Uh, this happened the other night. Is is you know how you you take a camera and you can take a photo and it has automatic red eye reduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it did not recognize my face as a face. I was in a big group oh of people God. and I still had red eyes because it's just like, that's a tree or something, you know, like that's because my face is so lumpy and weird. And, and but I get it from my dad has more of a caveman brow and you can get tested. You can get DNA tests to see how much Neanderthal DNA you have. And I bet I'm on the 4% side. I'm totally serious. Really? But then shouldn't you be immune to smoking? Addiction? That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's why it's okay. weird. By the what way, uh, we, no, no, it's the other way around. It's the uh, it's the 
uh, predisposition to smoking addiction comes, comes from, from Neanderthals. Comes from Neanderthals. Yeah. So wait, early humans mated with Neanderthals. So I'm just picture like the really cool like leather yeah. jacket wearing Neanderthals who would have been the well, outside kids the of the party. It, it's weird. Yeah. Is the that smoking it comes, it comes before smoking was a thing. Right. Like it, this yeah, gene why exists. smoking in particular? I don't know. I, I wonder don't, if it's like, related addiction. to all addictions. Yeah. yeah. If it's, uh, but the d- disease jo- gene- causing gene variants, um, as well as the smoking one, include those linked to type 2 diabetes, long term depression, Ooh. lupus, uh, bili- biliary cirrhosis, which is an autoimmune disease of the liver. Wait, this is, these are Neanderthal traits? These are all Neanderthal traits. What a bummer, man. Yeah. And I thought that kind of flies in the face. I thought maybe this is just like so, just common misconception, urban legend, but that uh, depression, people who aren't sympathetic of mental illness we'll talk about how this is such like a modern time sort of thing like be like oh our ancestors didn't sit around moping they had to worry about feeding themselves but like so depression might have been around back in these yeah or at least the predisposition predisposition well i think of i think i think of course it was was around but it wouldn't evolutionarily it doesn't make much sense the same way but it's the kind of thing that i i think depression a lot of a lot of mental illnesses have been around forever but just used to be dismissed with Silly word, like you know, yeah, you just uh, shell shock, yeah, like the, in the, the, which is like, oh, yeah. that's the post traumatic stress yeah, disorder, the heebie jeebies, exactly. <laughs> I love that, by the way, yeah, the heebie jeebies, yeah, she's she's flustered, yeah. But they also used to like keep it a secret because where I'm from in Scotland, right, um, it's kind of like the high, the furthest place from London in the UK that you can get where there's like real civilization, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, where near my house, there's like this huge old abandoned, um, mental asylum where they used to send everyone from like the royal family in London to wow. Um, wow. who was either like handicapped with a learning disability or um, had learning difficulties or like mental illness of some sort. Just to keep them away from like so the society. So no one would find the... out that the royals had like... There was um... a huge stigma about it, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so like I think that there is a huge part of just keeping it on the down low. Yeah. Crazy. Do they, are there rumors about that place being haunted now? With... Oh if you... yeah, loads, loads. Yeah, I go there if you're able to spend the night in there... <laughs> successfully you get, you get like you a get free, free bucket of haggis oh my, I want it so badly because it's beautiful but yeah. I mean I mean it's still got like like old weird cages inside oh, like, whoa. Oh. I bet when you're a kid like it was like you dare each other to go off oh and yeah yeah I, I'm still obsessed with it I, I look it up on What's the internet all the again? time um, it's called Craig Denane ah Wow. So look at pictures. Craig Denane. Well, speaking of such such things, um, disease and, and the what uh-huh. like, did you guys know uh, who would be 100 this year, in keeping with the 100th episode, is, uh, one Mr. Jonas Salk. Oh, he was oh, born in 1914. That polio? That's polio. Yeah, cured polio. Wow. Um, polio vaccine. Yeah, well, the vaccine. Um, so polio was like, really brutal in the fi- in the 50s it was killing this just in america it was killing up to 60,000 people a year and and it's still like uh, there are people but um one of my mum's cousins has like leg uh disability thanks to polio yeah, like the remnants wasn't that of polio. Long ago, yeah well the, and, and they just found it again in syria recently last Ooh. year which is a bummer um now 90% of people with polio there's no traits of it at all you oh just, really? You, you just carry it, it, but not have you just symptoms. Carry polio. Wow. Um, and in about one percent of cases, um, that's where it gets really brutal. Like, uh, you know, you can die or, or get uh, paralysis because um, the virus would enter through the central nervous system, and it would uh, infect or destroy the motor neurons, leading to muscle weakness and acute flaccid paralysis. Um, then you, you know there was spinal polio, which is the most common form, and that's characterized by asymmetric paralysis that most often uh, involves the legs. 
Uh, bulbar polio leads to weakness of muscles innervated by cranial nerves. And bulbospinal polio is a combination of bulbar and spinal uh, paralysis. Um, so it's and polio was was really tricky to figure out a cure for because it's a um, it's a positive stranded RNA virus. So the genome enclosed within the viral particle um, can be used as messenger RNA and immediately translated by the host cell. Um, so I mean, in a lot of ways, really similar to HIV, just mm-hmm. in the spread. Like you can't amputate your finger. You don't get polio oh, on your okay, finger. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, it uses two key mechanisms to evade the immune system. Um, it's capable of surviving the highly acidic conditions of the gastrointestinal tract. Um, and, uh, so it, it can spread really quickly through the lymphatic system and it can replicate very quickly. Um, the virus overwhelms the host organs before an immune response can be mounted. So you had this guy, uh, Jonas Salk, who, and, um, and it was spread by what sort of contact? Was it as simple as if you just uh, anal strictly? Anal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you guys remember uh, the post-war? Everyone was happy. Just it was all anal stuff. So, um, yeah, strictly. Um, Actually, I just googled it because I was curious. I didn't really know how it works. But uh, spread person-to-person contact when a child's infected with wild polio virus. Uh, it enters through the mouth and multiplies in the intestine. Oh. Uh, oh wait, so I guess through feces it can spread rapidly through a community in places of poor hygiene. Yeah. But the, then uh, how in the U.S. did it become so prevalent if it was mostly through that? Well, I already kind of gave okay. you my answer, bro. You guys didn't have to think I was joking. <laughs> no, I meant like the way that it was – the way you said the way it was spread throughout the body, but I mean like the way con- person-to-person contact. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I have no, I have no idea. Yeah. Anyhow. I have no idea. Okay. Um, so yeah, this guy, Jonas Salk, born in 1914, um, and in April of 1955, that's when this vaccine comes out. That's when the announcement was made. Um, but – the the little known thing is similar to things like HIV now. Um, he wasn't accepted by the scientific community like at all. He was such a rogue. He worked like totally alone. Mm-hmm. He had his own lab, the University of Pittsburgh, um, because the similar to like the Chris Rock bit, the money was in the treatment, not the cure. Right. And right. they also thought it was like impossible to cure. Um, and it it was highly thought in the scientific community at the time that you could not treat um a virus with with like cells of the same dead virus which -hmm. is how they treated it um what he did was he combined three parts of uh see i've got it right here jonas salk combined sweet vermouth and bitters (laughs) sweet vermouth and bitters yeah absolutely no uh the salk vaccine or inactivated poliovirus vaccine ipv is based on three wild virulent reference strains uh Mahoney, which is type 1 poliovirus. Did you say Mahoney? Mahoney. Uh, Hightower? Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, MEF1, which is type 2, and Socket, which is type 3, and they're grown in a type of monkey kidney tissue culture, um, which are then inactivated with formalin, and it's injected. Um, so they inject that into the bloodstream, and it prevents the polio infection from progressing to viremia, and uh, protects the motor neurons, thus eliminating the risk of bulbar polio and post-polio syndrome. So he, by the t- he knew he was honing in on this by like 54, uh-huh. and um, would would literally not sleep for like 20 hours at a time. He'd forget to eat. Um, people thought he was nuts, and then he finally did it. He cracked it open. And, yeah, imagine uh, if you really think you're that close to it. Then yeah. every day you don't have it out there, more people are more people. And I mean, it was crippled, a huge uh, epidemic. There's a picture on Wikipedia of. Uh, 
six or seven different newspapers, all of which say, like, Salt's vaccine works. Polo vaccine is safe, effective, and potent. Um, was there one polo, newspaper polo that was like, was there one that was like a Dewey defeats Truman that got it wrong? Right? <laughs> right. Vaccine fails. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Stop the press. Or just one on the same day that just has a completely different story. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you that I, I really want to get a tattoo. The water skiing squirrel. Is yeah, like, yeah. Instead of the... I've told you if I get a tattoo, I want it to say Dewey defeats Truman. <laughs> so if people ask if I have a tattoo, I could be like, yeah, but it was a mistake. <laughs> nice. And then, like, have my Dewey defeats Truman. Um, but yeah, he was he was pretty much hated by traditional biologists. Um, uh, so much so because that, um, because he was going sort of so outside the box. He they they wouldn't accept his papers. It just also going says rogue. that like there were some ethical uh, controversies about his his original work. Like he he tested his work on certain um, mental patients and children in homes of. Uh, where, where has it gone? Of, of lesser mental capacity. Yeah. Which is definitely not ethical. Yeah, yeah. true yeah. story. Yeah. True story. But uh, he did do it sort of C. Everett Coop style. He didn't lose didn't anyone. Lose anybody? He was just like, too rogue. He was too rogue. But yeah, no, I yeah. don't know if it... I mean, I don't know. If there was a do the ends justify the means argument, it would probably be polio. But still, that's that's yeah. that's pretty brutal. Like, is it is it worth having a home alone to also have an adult Macaulay Culkin. Were the ends worth the means? <laughs> Good you know, call. Like it's the Good same call. sort of thing. I'll tell you what else happened in uh, 1914, uh, which was 100 years since this podcast episode was created. Or <laughs> yeah, before, so happy rather. birthday, Jonas. Happy yes. birthday, Jonas. Uh, the other thing is uh, Rutherford. Ernest Rutherford was knighted. Uh, Ernest Rutherford, uh, knighted for contributions to science, one of the greatest uh, physicists, uh, nuclear physicists of all time. Known as the father of nuclear physics, he um, he's basically responsible for the uh, atomic, for what we now roughly understand to be the atomic structure. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. He uh, is famous for the gold foil experiment, where he fire where he fired uh, alpha particles through a thin sheet of gold foil. Previously, um, there was the plum pudding uh, model of an atom, where it thought where it's thought that the electrons and protons and neutrons were fairly evenly distributed throughout the uh, atom. But because the vast majority of these alpha particles went straight through the very thin sheet of foil, unscathed, and a very tiny minority bounced back, he realized that the majority of atoms are empty space, a dead space. Right, mm -hmm. right. Um, which is what gave rise to the model that... I was going to say it's used today, but it isn't really used. The model that you're taught at school first before they quite... teach you more accurately, but... Isn't that called the Bohr model, though? Is that... Did Bohr have that idea of the sort of he was working orbiting with, he was working with Niels Bohr okay uh, in 1921 uh, uh, he theorized about the existence of neutrons uh, as well but 19, was somehow 1914 was the year that he suggested that uh, positively charged atomic nuclei a, a nucleus contains protons that was the year that he yes had that idea as and well then, and then he posed ago. the existence of neutrons as well which keeps um, the protons together because because that was another puzzle. If you've got all these protons just in the center of the and nucleus then he wrote by itself, Tron, which is weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you've got all these protons together in the in the center of the uh, nucleus by itself, mm -hmm. uh, by themselves. That's just a lot of positive charge. So the question is, why do the protons not all repel each other? Right. Uh, how do they stay together? And he realized, well, there must be another particle that has that has no charge, but has mass and can keep the protons together using some kind of nuclear force. Yeah. Smart dude. But still, 100 years ago, that seems pretty recent for something so fundamental. Doesn't it? It is. Well, I, I think, think about how far we've sure, come. I'm not sure, man. I think I don't you realize know. how crazily um, 
the, the curve different. The understanding of yeah. science was from the beginning of the nineteenth yeah. century to the sorry, the beginning of the twentieth century to the end of the twentieth century. Like mm-hmm. so much of what we now understand to be how the world works happened just in that hundred years. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, a uh, hundred years ago, nineteen fourteen, mm-hmm. if I may. Um, obviously, we, we all know is the outbreak of uh, World War One. Mm-hmm. Oh. When World War One started, uh, then called the Great War. It'd be weird if it was called World War One at <laughs> the time. Assuming the word. Yeah. Too, too, too much foreshadowing, <laughs> yeah. um, guys. This is like not going to count. Really pessimistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a kid in art school right now who like hates everything. <laughs> 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 this like isn't going to do much. <laughs> um, but um, that was the first. You know, flight had just become a thing. So. Mm-hmm. There were, uh, they were using, using airplanes for the first time in warfare. Is the, the industrial revolution had happened. So this is the first major mechanized war. It's when armies started mechanizing. And, um, so early planes, these early biplanes, um, they had to figure out, okay, they could use them for bombing and they use zeppelins for bombing and things like that. But they're like, we can use these biplanes. Um, to fire guns. How are we going to do that? The very, very early ones, uh, I guess World War One had been in planning for about ten years before it started. Mm-hmm. Um, from all the major powers involved, sort of knew it was coming um, because the War of eighteen seven. This isn't science at all, but but <laughs> the War of eighteen seventy between France and Germany, although to the rest of the world was technically over, it wasn't over for them. Mm-hmm. Similar to Korea right now, they're still at war technically, uh, north and south, oh. right? Like they still recognize it as a war. So um, they they were prepping the whole time for like round two of their eighteen seventy war. One of which involved figuring out how to do things like get guns on planes. And they tried a lot of things like just having a guy with a machine gun on the plane. And then in in 1914, a thing came out that changed everything called the synchronization gear or gun synchronizer. Because what they would do is uh, they figured out, okay, we're going to have to mount machine guns facing forward so the pilot, a single pilot, can fire. Uh That's the thing to do. Instead of having like a turret, there's too much weight, whatever. And then they were like, okay, well, this is going to be really hard because we we can't do it on the wings. It has to be on the fuselage, but it fires through the propeller. So how do we so, know? Oh, yeah, yeah. How, do, how do we do that? The first thing they did was this thing called the wedge treatment where they just put metal wedges on the back of the propeller blades. <laughs> and... <laughs> They would fuck up those propellers pretty bad. They so the idea is that if, if a bullet the does accidentally hit the propeller, it just bounces off at an angle. Bounces off. A lot of times it would kill the pilot. Oh. Um, wow. <laughs> they would just shoot at the propeller. That's so dangerous. And then, and then, <laughs> and then finally they came up with the uh, synchroni- synchronization gear. Um, I never knew that. I, I, I've... This is crazy. I've never thought about this, but I've seen imagery where I was like, aren't they shooting through the propeller? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, what, so here's how they did it. Here's how they did it. It was a guy named August Euler, and um, it's called the synchronization gear or the interrupter gear. Um, that implies that the gear pauses or interrupts the fire of gun at the point where one of the blades of the propeller passes in front of the muzzle. Mm. Now, the difficulty in that is even the relatively slow-moving World War I aircraft propellers typically turn twice or even three times for each shot a machine gun of the time could fire. So a two-bladed propeller would therefore obstruct the gun six times every firing cycle of the gun, and a four-bladed propeller would do it 12 times. So that wasn't really um, feasible to keep interrupting it. Um, and then if they... Uh, let me see this here. Another way of putting this would be that an interrupted gun would have been blocked more than 40 times every second while it was firing at a rate in the range of seven rounds per second. So what they had to do was they had to go with synchronization instead of blocking. Yeah. Um, that makes more sense. Figure out some 
some consistent pattern that it could always be firing instead of saying like two on one off or something right so then it was in semi-automatic mode where it would automatically um it would automatically basically pull the trigger for you to fire a single shot between every single rotation of the blade okay which therefore uh they didn't fire as fast but it would be a continual line of fire and um yeah, that was in uh, 1914. Sort of changed everything. The you know Red Baron had over 80 kills. Uh, it was the first over the line recon people could do, and uh, now every, you know now the world uh, loves to it's kill each other. Increasingly all the time. violent. Increasingly place. violent. Terrible place to live. <laughs> so thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, here's a little positive story. Here's something. Here's something modern day and nicer. Uh, and this again is a story that came out today. Um, so we've gone straight from like a hundred years ago to this very day, or I say it came out this day today. Whenever it's a science story, it's never like we right. just found this. Just now. it's not like Justin Bieber just did a thing. Yeah. It's more like this is the no, culmination we, of research, and no, it finally it, got published. Right. It was actually three million years ago. We just now saw it. The light yeah. just reached yeah. us yeah. from this story. Um, so this is a biology story. Um, again, um, stem cell researchers are he- heralding a major scientific discovery with the potential to start a new age of personalized medicine. Um, scientists in Japan, and again, this, this story struck me as being a bit crazy, but it's published in Nature, which is one of the most prestigious scientific journals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way better than Nurture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How many times on the show have we done that joke? Have we? Oh, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, um, it's been a hundred episodes. Yeah, we can be we're allowed, forgiven. We're allowed a little yeah. nostalgia yeah. joke. Yeah. Um, scientists in Japan show stem cells can now be made quickly just by dipping blood cells into acid. Uh... Which I'm sure there's something more specific. I don't think like we could just do it. I guess right. It seems vinegar, like yeah. if we just if just we just sort cut. of took some orange juice and I I'm not sure I could grow a stem and, cell and a knife. Yeah. But but here's what they did. They, the human body is built of cells with a specific role: nerve cells, liver cells, muscle cells, and so on, which is fixed. Uh, stem cells can become any other type of cell, um, and they have become a they become a major field of research in medicine for their potential to regenerate the body. Um, it's one of the biggest fields of medical science right now. Um, embryos are one uh, source of stem cells, but there's ethical questions about it, particularly if you're a uh, fundamentalist uh, <laughs> in America. Uh, but uh, Nobel Prize winning research also showed that skin cells could be genetically reprogrammed to become stem cells. Uh, but, but a new study shows that shocking blood cells with acid could also trigger the transformation into stem cells. Uh, these are called STAP, Stimulus Triggered Acquisition of Pluripotency Cells. Um, Dr. Haruko uh, Obakata from the Riken Center for Developmental Biology in Japan said she was really surprised that cells could respond to their environment in this way. Uh, the, the breakthrough was achieved using mouse blood cells, but research is now taking place to achieve the same results with human blood. Uh, and uh, Chris Mason, professor of regenerative medicine at University College London, says if it works in humans... Uh, as well, then the age of personalized medicine would have finally arrived. He says wow. it's a game changer. Oh, this is exciting. But they're still oh, yeah. con- <laughs> it's still confusing. <laughs> I'm into this. <laughs> Unlimited stem cells. medicine. Because, uh, yeah, well, one of these uh, professors cited in this BBC article says, it's going to be a while before the nature of these cells are understood and whether they might be proved to be useful for developing therapies. But the really intriguing thing to discover is the mechanism underlying it Uh how a low pH shock triggers reprogramming and why it doesn't happen when we eat lemon or vinegar or drink cola. Right. Because right. that is kind of confusing because when you drink that, like... Well, I, I get reprogrammed when I do that. Yeah, you get... I mean, like, I guess if you've got a cut in your mouth and you drink lemon, stem cells happen and you, you know... 
Sure. That's what the pain is. It's like, ah, everything's oh, getting better. Oh, <laughs> everything's healing. I got a paper cut and I just... Yeah, yeah. You ever, you ever peel an orange and not know you have a paper cut? Oh, it's, it's the, worst. the worst. It is the it's worst. worst. Are there any other weird medical things that are hmm, happening right now, Andy? Interesting you should ask, because uh, the Roman numeral for 100, this is our 100th episode. I don't know yeah. if you guys I don't, Did you guys know it was our 100th episode? 100th episode. 100th episode. Uh, Wait, Roman, mentioned that. The Roman numeral for that is C, as in control, comma, birth for men. Birth control for men, you guys. We're very yes! close. We're very close. Well, it wouldn't like, be a hundredth episode if there wasn't an extraordinarily contrived link. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to have some really tenuous segues here. But um, this is uh, this has been a story that's been going on for it's time. It's time. This has been decades. We're of ready. Work. So a doctor in India by the name of Sujoy Guha has spent more than thirty years refining the idea of a uh, reversible non-hormonal male birth control solution. And it's worth pointing out this doctor has over 40 children. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a way. <laughs> yeah, he's putting in some Jonas Salk hours Also, also the most fertile man yeah. in India. <laughs> I must stop them. I've got to stop testing to see if it works this way. <laughs> should get someone else this time. Hire it out. Hire it out. <laughs> but this, this technique is so common sense and so simple that it, it's kind of understandable that, it's, it, that it hasn't been met with with open arms by the pharmaceutical community. So this because is not a vasectomy. It's not a vasectomy. So it's it's it sort of like a temporary, reversible, very non-invasive vasectomy. Because it, it doesn't even block the tube. This is what's fascinating about it. It's, I, it's just a procedure where they, they inject lengthwise into the vas deferens a polymer that coats the inside of that tube, okay. and it doesn't block it entirely. So sperm still goes through, but because of the polarization of, I believe it's a positively charged polymer, the negatively charged, charged sperm get torn apart as they go through. Like, it just destroys the cells, chops There's up no their tails. no way to talk about this without it sounding brutal and everyone kind of wincing at it. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but it is... But I can, so I can quit using the, the cheese shredder thing that I built in yeah, front yeah. of the... There's okay. no need for that. No need for it anymore. It's, but yeah, it's, it's amazing that just, just by basically lining the tube that the sperm have to travel through with this polymer, I guess sperm are extraordinarily delicate anyway and yeah. they just the charge that's built up so i wonder whether you could achieve the same thing by just rubbing with a balloon before you put it in right yeah just, just sell some static electricity <laughs> condoms or something not <laughs> yeah, even just, a condom just a, or just having just sex a while holding a van de graaff generator <laughs> yeah yeah both of you have to have one hand on it <laughs> yeah you both Your have hairs, one hand yeah or you get one of those adams adams family arcade games <laughs> You guys remember that game? It that doesn't even just... shock you. It just shakes your hand, doesn't no, it? No, it actually shocks you. Oh, it does? Because okay. you, can, you can hold hands with... Like, you can create a loop with like 10 people. Uh, do you have that you game? Can you play that loop. game, Karen? I've never played It's completely game. illegal now. Is it really? Yeah, dude. Like sterilized a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> it was a game. It was a game uh, based on the Adams Family character. Uh, it was Fester. Fester. Which Uncle Fester. one of my favorite characters just of all time. Sure. On account of the, the shared hairstyle you guys had yeah, briefly? Yeah, I should have gone as him for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good call. <laughs> but you know, he would put a light bulb in his mouth and oh, yeah. it would light up because yeah. like, he was... A monster? <laughs> and there was a game. You know, monsters have a certain like alternating current. Everyone knows that monsters yeah, yeah, can, they can generate electricity. Well, um, I mean, Karen, you know, lived near where they were stored away from London. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Walking around with light bulbs. Uh, so there was a game. You just hold on to these two... Um, Two metal prongs. And it would, I guess it would shock you. I thought it was just shaking them. I, I thought, thought it was just shaking it, too, for a long time. I think it also vibrated it. 
as well. Yeah. But then it was like, the do it, try was, it with a friend. The game was see how long you could hold on to this thing that's really? shocking that you. That was the game. Yeah, and it would get increasingly stronger. And this wasn't like 1950s Coney Island. This is like oh, 15 years ago. Oh, by the way, I've ago. seen this in Coney Island. One time I went there and they like, I don't know why, but they um, asked me to be in their freak show. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so, no so nice way to watch I know, that. So I insulting. Know. I was like, Me? she's extremely attractive. <laughs> <laughs> it's outside of the norm. <laughs> Look at ah. this person. Yeah, the carnies have never seen a yeah. s- symmetry. <laughs> see, see the tall Scotswoman. Yeah. Well, I went on stage and I had to like stand on this woman um, on a bed of nails. And then my friend, who is an, also a Scottish girl, had to do this electric thing, but on her tongue in what? an electric chair. What, what, what did you, they do? What, what did electric they do? thing on her tongue? Like, oh, so they like shocked her tongue. Okay. Like in the same way that this game worked. Okay. And just to see how long she could last it? Yeah. Uh, could but they just it. did it like in front of people? Yeah. Like, like on stage in front what of the was, audience. So the freak show, what was her freak, her freak ability was to be able to do it for a long time or? Well, no, because they did it to it was, me, my friend. Did they just drag her out of the audience? Yeah. They took us both on stage. Oh. Weird. So you just got to stand on someone. I stood on someone. <laughs> she got yeah. tortured. And she got, yeah, tortured. <laughs> mm, I thought you meant they're like, hey, be in our freak show. I worked at a haunted house one time when I was 17. Uh-huh. And I had this uh, weird, my mask was very, very hot. You know, it was like foam on the inside mm. and all that. It was, it was an extremely complicated mask, but it was very, very hot. And one night I took it off and scared way more people just with the oh. I'm not trying to be all self-deprecating. I mean, I would still like scream at them and stuff, but I mean, way more like, honey, look, Jesus Christ. Like, people... Do you remember a heckler? Did we talk about this when we went out to do the show in Pasadena a few months back? Oh, and the heckler, this heckler is the best heckle I've ever gotten. I went up and I, I, I apologized about my face. So oftentimes how I'll like, I, I'll just be like, hey guys, I'm sorry about my face. Oh. And it's just, no, it's it, gets a, right. it gets a weird laugh up front. And this guy goes, you look like you're turning into something. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Which is like the best. Like it's That's so terrible. funny. Not so funny. It, he could have meant turning into something great. Like it could have, you, you know. You look like right. you're turning into a comedy star for <laughs> yeah. our very eyes. Right. He gives me his card. <laughs> no, but I just goods. love the idea of like, you know, you're turning into a werewolf, but like 10 seconds in, the the moon goes behind some clouds and you're just kind of stuck and you just have to go to work. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're like lumpy face. Hey guys. Uh, you just got slightly long fingernails. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's kind of a bummer. Trim those? Really hoping yeah. a wolf out there. <laughs> wolf. It's 10% wolf. <laughs> yeah. That's what I look like. I'm 10% wolf. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. That's uh, kind of like what these sperm will look like after they get torn apart going hey. through your vast deferens. So yeah, this thing is very close to... Um, this it's it's been a couple of years since an American company bought the rights to develop this. Um, a company called um, Per what is it called? Possumus. Parsimus. Possumus. And they're going to market this as a, a product called Vasil Gel. Again, it's not going to make much money because it's just a one-time thing, and the actual material is super cheap. And it's reversible syringe, as well. This is right. interesting. Like you can just they can inject something a, a solvent that can get rid of it as well. Yeah, actually, they said that oh, it can be reversed boy. by injecting DMSO or bicarbonate and using a combination of vibration, a low electric current, and rectal massage to dislodge the polymer. Rectal massage. So just just. Just what I'm up to so every day anyway. Baking, well, that's my baking worry. soda and a finger up the butt. That my is worry great. is if yeah. I get that, if I if I go for that contraceptive and then I'm engaged in my normal uh, <laughs> vibration, electric, small electrical currents and rectal right. massage, right. Yeah. then I'm undoing the work. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's the problem is you can't do anything uh, yeah. too weird or it automatically... That up. That's oh, already yeah. my like homeopathic cure for hiccups. So if that happens <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the same time, then Absolutely. suddenly... That is apparently a cure for hiccups. What? <laughs> rectal massage? Really? I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. I read an article the other day about... 
unusual hiccup cures, and there was one person who uh, it's it's all about stimulating the the, the vagus nerve or the vagus reaction vagus, yeah. and um, yeah. there was one person, a patient who had perpetual hiccups and they weren't stopping, and the doctor thought, well, I'll give this one a go because I know this wow. can stimulate this response, and it worked. Right, and then the real doctor came in and, <laughs> and said, uh, someone broke out of the psych ward, I'm sorry, <laughs> in Scotland. Yeah, it's like, that's, that's always been my favorite, like, my favorite gag in anything is when, like, you get the rectal exam <laughs> yeah, and the real yeah. doctor shows up. <laughs> and then the real patient shows up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just two random Craigslist guys. <laughs> I love it. Karen, do you have a go-to hiccup cure? Um, I don't really i know i probably um hold my breath for as long as possible but i that really enjoy scaring people when they have hiccups has it isn't has it ever worked because i have never successfully made that work i think a couple of times it's worked but i'll i'll really wait till they're not expecting it what's your um, scare tactic i mean it's gonna blow your speakers oh, oh you don't yeah yeah i think it's probably best <laughs> if you just oh, imagine so real that. Loud. did you get to do a, really loud. did you get to yeah, do a like, horror <gasps> scream in your movie by the way yeah loads really oh, great. Oh, can great. you Take the mic away from your face. And give us a horror scream. Um, okay, well, you have to tell me what I've seen. Okay. Wait, okay, wait. ready? Jesse Case. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, that's my new ringtone, by the way. <laughs> Jesse Case. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to isolate that. And you got else. like a short burst because it's like, oh, oh, no, it's okay. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, you guys. Hang on. Okay, okay, wait a second. That wasn't Jesse Case. <gasps> what is it? Uh, 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 <laughs> just relief. Uh. <laughs> a uh, a zombie that re resembles a family member. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's made for the. She's made to be in the horror pictures, kid. I'm I was made you. for uh, this time. Yeah. <laughs> this is really. Uh, what well, is fuck me, huh? Really, <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah. What else can we say that'll Fair scare enough. Karen? Um, um, I don't know. I don't want to like blow out your voice as well. Yeah. Like. You Oh no! Blow out my voice! Oh no! I do. I can do them repeatedly. I I uh, practiced in this. Five five dollar gallon gas. What? I'm giving you things they're supposed to respond to. Oh, scary. oh right. Okay, right. Driver. Okay, <laughs> so I don't drive. So you got nothing from that. Okay, which is um, natural. Uh, 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 I, I got nothing. Haggis. Bad haggis. Uh, <laughs> terrifying. Uh, <laughs> Wait a second. That haggis was made out of my friend Jesse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, now I'm very skeptical about seeing your horror film. Yeah, you're not just you're not Someone's cutting your kidney out with a pocket knife. You're just, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, Karen. <laughs> that. You're hiking up near uh, Griffith Park Observatory. Okay. Suddenly, a severed head. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> Karen, you, you are the... How'd you, how'd you make it in this town? <laughs> <laughs> what, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh, boo. Can you the believe problem with it? this is that, that is I like so to severed. keep it all in the eyes and you can't oh, see me right now. You're wearing there. sunglasses. I should get, in the, I got a picture for our site powered by Squarespace. Hey, good call. Squarespace, <laughs> guys, it's a great site. It's a great business. Well, it's, it's a great way to... It's tricky to upload those pictures to Squarespace. So simple to upload these pictures. <laughs> so simple to make a gallery, an online portfolio. Simple to convert a blog you might have had on, say, Tumblr into into a beautiful site like probablyscience.com. Um, and have it be interactive. You can embed audio easily. You can have all kinds... You can make whatever you want very simply. And if you use the offer code probablyscience, you'll get a discount. Oh, yeah. Good. Squarespace. Squarespace.com. Woo! 
Karen, you've got uh, Oculus is coming. Is the film that's about to come out? So Oculus is coming out 11th of April. Okay. Look out for it. It's is that coming out in Britain as well as America? It's coming out in UK and the US at the same time, and Canada at the same time. Sweet, cool. Um, in lots of screens. Lots of screens. Nice. In lots nice. of lots so, of cinemas. So definitely check that out at a screen near you. Yeah, exactly. If you want a really fun, scary night out, then then do that. Awesome, and they can, our listeners can find you on Twitter at Karen Gillen Two. Karen Gillen Two. We discussed <laughs> that last time. Still, still got that. <laughs> That's so funny. It's awesome. Uh, it's awesome. And uh, guys, the galaxy coming out in August. Yeah, first of August. Look out for it. Woo. Excellent. Thank you so much, Karen. Thanks really for having me again. Woo. Even Thanks, Gus is excited. Oh, Gus is excited. Dog. Say hi. He's a dog. Okay, we'll excited. see you next time. Yep. Yeah, we will. Bye. So Karen Gillen, you guys, that was a delight. That was a delight. Always a pleasure to see young Karen Gillen. The return of Karen and the return of Brooks Whelan. Yeah, yeah, briefly. Very briefly. Briefly, Brooks. Briefly Very. Brooks. I don't, I mean, I feel, I feel like I'm in a good spot with, I don't know what he told you guys in the private messages, but I feel like I'm in a good spot with Brooks. Yeah, I think I'm doing pretty okay, too. I don't want to tell you what he no, told me. No, I don't want to tell you guys. Uh, no, no. No, I think no, he's no going to keep all our messages yeah, private and everything. But, uh, yeah, no, but it seems, seems. He was no, nothing but nice about going you guys well when he was for talking him. to me. No, he was, yeah, he mainly just talked about you guys. Nothing but good things to say about deal. Both of you guys. Yeah. So male birth control, you guys, this really yes. is a big deal. I think it's fascinating that this is something that uh, could be such a simple, low-cost, works-as-long-as-you-want-it-to-work thing. And like the idea that there is... like I'm not, I'm not one to believe in conspiracies, but it does sort of make sense that pharmaceutical... This is the one tip like doctors don't want you to know this about. This is the one tip doctors, doctors don't want you to know. Because it would cost <laughs> This nothing. is the one weird tip. Yeah. <laughs> Except it doesn't protect you against other things. No, 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 no. But I mean, like, really, if this did work and became something that was also really commonplace and socially acceptable, you'd be like, hey, guys, I'm going in to get it. You know, if it became super prevalent, this could have drastic changes in our society just in terms of like as much as a few STDs would blow up right well not just i mean i mean just in terms of population growth or lack thereof because like as much as we don't want unwanted pregnancy by definition um if if we had only pregnancies that were entirely intended across the board that would have a pretty drastic change in the makeup of Hmm. and the demographic i assume this procedure would be expensive i also assume (laughs) no that's what i'm saying super cheap like almost nothing I mean, you still to, to go to, to a doctor. You still to to go. You still have to have a small incision, but the actual like there's the not actual, like a home kit that the you can polymer get, is, you can just inject your own. What I'm saying, as is, the article said, the syringe costs more than the actual thing inside of it. Of course, but yeah. what I'm saying is uh, that's true for most surgeries, I would think. And well, I would also think that Joe Joe football 19 year old drunk guy is still just gonna eh, I'll just pull out because you still it's an invasive surgery. It's barely it's local anesthetic. Uh, one small slit, they pull out a tube. I mean, and you're just still getting a doctor it. to stick a thing in your balls. That's true. Like that's definitely a thing that. That's a I'm in a long term relationship kind of. Decision. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, and this is going to sound presumptuous because it is. I also think it's true. I think most smarter people, more responsible people, already practice safe sex. They would be the people that would be getting this. Mm. Um, if this was some. Free thing, totally painless. The, the, I think I the male birth control huge... pill will be the huge game changer. No, I, I disagree. I disagree. Because I, I think the big advantage of this over something like the pill is this: this isn't hormonal. So unlike you know, the, uh, for many good, many women resist things like hormonal birth control because it sure. screws up yeah. their body biology, their body chemistry. Boy, and, does it! And uh, whereas this thing is completely is a physical solution. Yeah. So it has no chemical and biological implications to your body. I, I would do this for sure. 
Oh no, I would I would too. But I'm um it doesn't mean you have to then go crazy and not be safe with sex, but it just changes no, the I would go crazy. Well, that's the thing. Is I, I would jizz <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Like, if I got that, I would jizz literally, like, I, and, like, I, you know, I jizz in public and then go, it's all right, I've had the thing. Sterile. Well, I mean, it, wouldn't this, uh, let's say, dream scenario, hey, guys, uh, we got these free vouchers, Obamacare, any male that wants this can get it. Mm-hmm. We figured out how to make it completely painless. Completely. There, anyway, whatever. There's nothing to worry about at all. Go get it. No big deal. Uh, you know, you go get it. Wouldn't similar to the pill in the sixties? Wouldn't don't you think STD rates would go nuts? Did they go nuts after the pill? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, that's totally possible. That's yeah, everyone's just the... having condomless sex for ten years. And yeah, then... that's totally one possible negative side effect. I'm more interested in the in the micro and macro look at at what truly only. It's playing... going to be a micro look with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like. As an individual, you obviously never want to have a child except the exact time that you're ready. But right. as more and more people of our generation make that decision in a more calculated way, it's going to have effects on, I mean, not to be all like idiocracy, but, you know, if, if, if people who are taking the most time to think about when and if they want to start a family um, are the ones having the least children, those are probably the people who you also want to have populating the world the most. yes it's, it's counterintuitive it's not counterintuitive but it's it's a contradiction if your goal is to have um uh, progress i guess right I well know. it's like is this starting to sound like eugenics or something no no but it's, it's like getting there <laughs> okay, no but but it's also it's not full-on eugenics yeah, but it's definitely it's, like um, his neighbors yeah yeah well uh, which is ironic given where we're recording <laughs> yeah, that is ironic i uh well no it's like it's like augie's bit about the whenever you go somewhere and they have the um condoms behind lock and key yeah, the people and who, it's who like can't the, afford the condoms the, are the ones you want to have. You want those people to have, have condoms. condoms. The people that would steal the condoms, let yeah. them take the condoms. Is, maybe they're putting the condoms behind lock and key to give it, like, perceived value. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I've done a little study. And, like, <laughs> maybe. It's like, you know, if you put something out on your curb, people don't necessarily take it. But if you put, like, a really flimsy lock around it, gone. Right. That's true. Well, That's true. it's sort of the thing of uh, um, free popcorn versus movie theater popcorn. You know, if you go to a bar where there's free popcorn, as many bars will have, it's all over the floor. You go to a movie theater where it's seven bucks for like a, an ounce of it, uh-huh. you know, it's... All over the floor. <laughs> it's totally all over it's the floor over, still. I was wondering where you were going with that. No, one's, no one dares drop a kernel at the movie theater. No. You, okay. you protect all your kernels. Yeah. The, reason, the reason it's all that over the floor... That is demonstrably not true. That is completely true. The only... <laughs> yes. The only... So much popcorn everywhere on the floor of movie That's theater. because of people cutting the hole in the bag for the popcorn. Oh, okay, okay. That's how it gets on there. Now, you see, that's... That, now they don't have to do that because they have this uh, Vassal gel that... Uh, uh, Actually, wait, that's unrelated. No, that's, that's unrelated. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would never do that popcorn trick at the... I mean, Karen's gone. We can talk about this stuff. I would never do the popcorn trick. Because? At the... That's ridiculous. <laughs> so much effort. You would have to... Uh, it, I imagine things butter and acid. It would hurt. They would be terrible. I don't know how you keep the stuff from falling out of the hole while you're readying yourself to... And then move your hand away quickly from the hole and then go inside. I don't know. You have to maintain... You have to maintain that's, the erection. That's impossible. Okay. It's impossible. Now we're getting like... Okay. This is the kind of stuff... The anyway, I don't, don't know like. why people have complained about that. Anyway, <laughs> if anyone no. has successfully done that trick, please email us. Probably science at gmail.com and remember to uh, mock your email... Uh, dick in a popcorn dick box. Dick in a popcorn box. Um, no, but seriously. 
seriously, if anyone's ever done that, I really do want to hear about it. Because no I think no one's ever done it. No one's ever done it. It's one of those urban legend things. Yeah, no one's ever done that. Like a donkey punch. It's impossible. It's never been done. Okay, so I think, I think it's more possible than a donkey punch. I think like it, like at least oh, don- it's, donkey it's punch has no... Possible. I don't it's even certainly... know what a donkey punch is. No, well, we're not. It's one of those nonsense sex things that no one's done that doesn't actually work. Like, you got to do this to her. Oh, right, right, right. Like, it's not a thing, like... Yes. It would never actually happen. Yes. Uh, so anyhow, so the reason we brought up this Vazel gel is because yes. it's been in production for a long... It's been in, in uh, development for a long time, but uh, a week ago Monday, they started testing on baboons, so getting closer to humans. Um, it's already been done to a number of, of men in India over the last decade, um, and the success rate has been remarkable. It's It's... It's... I think even better than or on par with a vasectomy. So pretty soon this could be a thing we could get here in North America. This could be wow. a game changer. Yeah, I'm on board for that. Yeah. I'm absolutely on board. So also, it, getting, also, getting it reversed sounds fun. Yeah. All right. <laughs> sounds so, awesome. Because it's not the kind of thing that is going to be a moneymaker, they're also asking for donations. So this is something you want to get behind. Uh, go to Parsimus Foundation. and uh, That's where we're at, guys. Bucks. We're kickstartering healthcare. Yep. That's where we're at. <laughs> That's the world we live <laughs> it's in. true. <laughs> That's true. Do, do we have time for any other science stories before we? Well, we should thank a couple listeners. Uh, we have one listener who really took this suggest. We listeners might remember we we talked about the Dennis Miller bot generator a while back. And, oh my god! And that, a listener yeah. made and it's incredible. Uh, this is this is just as good as that. A listener named Balaz Lovenberg. Um, listen to all the episodes when we would make fun of uh, Matt's British upbringing and surmise that the stage, every... The stages of British youth, the, the British the larval stage. Larval child starts yeah. showing how every child starts off as a uh, yeah, and as it an seems, orphan. Uh, he has a certain amount of uh, graphic design experience. Incredible graphic design experience. Yeah, this was <laughs> amazing. Of working for a graphic design company and doing it for a living. So the chart is way more fleshed out than anything that we have, have ever done. It's um, good to go. And we'll be posting it over on probablyscience.com. You can check that out. Yeah, so that thank is you incredible. Squarespace powered probablyscience.com. No, yeah. and I really mean it. Like, besides, you know, all of the uh, the sort of remixes of the intro song and the graphs and weird memes we've gotten. Like, people are really, I think we have we have a creative bunch yeah, listening really, to the show. I, I think should. it's very cool. I, I They're very know, I, funny. It's a very funny, like, the tweets we get, it's hilarious. Yeah, there's been a... We even had a there's couple... There's been a lot of everyone's fingers connect <laughs> memes that have been... Yeah. We had a lis- listener right <laughs> Which in. Which still is offensive to me, because I... <laughs> people... <laughs> no one is letting me in on this joke. It's, it's the best. Uh, we had a listener named <laughs> Samantha Neff write in recently. She gave us a donation and then also wrote in to say that she wanted to correct our shout-out to her little brother from episode 98, whose donation allegedly went toward our mixer. She said he deserves no credit at all for his donation, primarily because she started listening to Probably Science this summer and raved him about it more than twice. He ignored her initial stamp of approval. He even dismissed her suggestion that they should listen to the Probably History Christmas episode while partaking in holiday shenanigans on Clickitat Street. The street I mentioned earlier is the place Beverly Cleary grew up in those books. Um, she's, oh, yeah. been, she's been enjoying our podcast, apparently. Um, he, he, her, Samantha's brother got into the podcast on a flight back to D.C. where he's a senior at George Washington in the civil engineering program. Now he's all caught up on the metamorphosis of British youth, how real ladies fart into tissues, and what to expect at a, quote, fancy dress party should he ever visit England. So if it weren't for Samantha telling him about the podcast and encouraging him to listen so many times, she said, uh, we never would have received his donation. She therefore takes credit for his $20 and has decided to one-up him by donating 25 
And wow. We, we are welcome for both. <laughs> she told us to go buy ourselves something pretty and that we've earned it. So thank wow, you, Thank Samantha. you so much, Samantha. We are all about sibling rivalry when it comes yeah, to We donations. are, yeah. If anyone else wants to debunk their siblings. Um... Indeed. And uh, we have a listener who is duty-bound to donate whenever we have a Brit, uh, I'm sorry, a Scottish guest on, Sandy Nelson, um, belatedly caught up on our Daniel Sloss episode and had to donate. Um, so hopefully yeah, he's he initially gonna... said any Scots and I'm donating and didn't realize that we knew more than one Scot. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to rise to that challenge. Yeah. Uh, Karen, Karen, We're just going to have a Scottish guy in every episode. Just sort of say, Hey, just one word, just yeah. the oblig- obligatory donation from Sandy. Uh, listener, Carolyn Lacco donated. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Julian Aborto Cortez sent in a donation. Thank you all so much. And if anybody else wants to help us cover costs, you can go to probablyscience.com and click donate. Um, what else do we have, Matt? Anything else before we? Well, there's it? there's one lo- one little mini story, and it's it's a very new story, and I'm only covering it because it's just been in the news a lot, uh, yeah. or in the science news the last couple of days, uh, and also because this is an anniversary episode, and I I turned to a previous guest on the show for further information on this. Yeah, uh, there is a Stephen Hawking story where um, Stephen Hawking has come out saying there are he was wrong about black holes. Uh, they are all pink on the inside. That's, oh. I, come on, man. <laughs> come on, guys. Guys, come back. Guys, guys? you two. Guys, I don't know how to turn this equipment off. Guys. So he, uh, <laughs> so he, he's, he said, uh, um, one of the, uh, he's done away with the notion of an event horizon, the invisible boundary thought to shroud every black hole beyond which nothing, not even light can escape. In his new proposal, a much more benign apparent horizon which only temporarily holds matter and energy prisoner before eventually releasing them uh, in a more garbled form, is his new theory. Uh, there's no escape from the black hole in classical theory. Uh, quantum theory, however, enables energy and information to escape from black hole. Uh, an explanation of the process of physicist, the physicist admits would require a theory that successfully merges gravity with the other fundamental forms of nature, but that's a goal that's eluded physicists for nearly a century. The correct treatment remains a mystery. Um... So I, I read this story and it was quite kind of confusing. So I put it to former guest on the show, uh, Jan Eleven. Jan Eleven. If you haven't heard that episode, she like if you want to know about black holes, I learned more about black holes in that hour than I had an entire life of reading stuff about it. Uh, she's fantastic, um, and she said she's linked to the actual abstract that he wrote. It's not a full-on paper yet. Um, uh, she says people are talking about it, but I think it's a conjecture Hawking is making. There doesn't seem to be a mathematical proof provided. Um, it's sort of radical in a way and sort of not. Uh, well, I remember seeing a lot of misinformation about this sort of on Facebook, where it was it had been condensed through so many blogs that eventually it came down to, like, Hawking says black holes don't exist. Yeah, and that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Uh, like, they definitely exist as a concept. I think what, she, what he's saying is they're not black in the way that previously thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But it's a, it's a subtle thing. I don't fully understand. Hopefully, at some point, we'll get Jana on again to explain it in more detail. But she's currently in New York. Yeah, I think there's no reason we shouldn't have a lot more science guests in in coming weeks. I'm looking forward to our live show. Um, And listeners, again, if you have any questions you want us to ask Professor Matt Walker, who's going to be the guest at our Sketchfest appearance. Yeah, email us some good sleep questions. Yeah, because everybody's got questions about sleep. I've already got like 10 things I want to know about. I want. Where did that whole rumor about when you die in your dreams, you die for real? Where did that come (laughs) from? I think that was just to make the Matrix work. (laughs) Oh, okay. Right, wasn't it? Um, And I also want to know what it means if you like dream about water a lot. (laughs) 
<laughs> what is it? There's something about uh, your teeth falling out. A lot of people have dreams about their teeth falling yeah, out. It's one yeah. of the most common dreams. Yeah, so let's not ask him about dream analysis because that's not in any way. That's not what he does. But questions about sleep are what welcome. What if you're Scorpio and you dream that... <laughs> what if we just don't understand what he... <laughs> and by the way, so we want to see dream a bunch catchers. of you... <laughs> what do they mean? How do they work? We want to see a bunch of you at that appearance. Again, it's Saturday, February 8th at 4 p.m. at the Punchline in San Francisco. You can get tickets at sfsketchfest.com or on our site. Um, it'd be great to have a big, uh, probably science. It'd be awesome to see you guys there. Yeah. yeah. Any Bay Area listeners or any any listeners who have Bay Area friends, please send, send them away. I'll be doing some other shows at Sketchfest as well. Uh, I'm not doing other shows, but I'll be swimming at a meet at University of San Francisco at 8 a.m. the next morning if anybody wants to come cheer. We've talked a lot about Andy's swimming some... physique yeah. on this show. If anyone wants to see it for themselves, then I'm trying to pick up some other spots. So I'll be updating my Twitter with that. I'm waiting to hear back on some dates from the Sketchfest people. Excellent. Um, it's going to be a great time. And uh, so and guys, I'm gonna be Grand Rapids as well at the end in uh, at the end of the month, end of February. Yeah, uh, Eugene, Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, BC. Uh, come see me do shows. Follow my Twitter. And we thought since it's a hundredth episode and this has already gone long, let's make it even longer. After the uh, theme music, we're gonna just cobble together a few greatest hits moments suggested by you guys via Twitter of our uh, highlights over the last oh. two years of doing this thing. Oh, and we forgot to to thank uh, Julian Alberto who donated. Oh, no, I did. Also, did you not? Yeah. Up top, oh. right? Yeah. No, just like a minute ago. Oh, I apologize. Well, I That's don't good. apologize. You got well, thanked two, twice two there, Julian. Yeah, two Julian thank also says he's, he lives in Grand Rapids, so he's going to come to the show. Boom. So thank you very much. The Amazon gift link is live and will be live, hopefully, by the time this goes out for a British and Canadian Amazon purchases, too. If you're ever buying anything from Amazon, you can do click on that link. It costs you no extra, but we get a little kickback. Yeah. Yep. And coming up next, episode 101, all Dalmatian stories. <laughs> all Dalmatian science, you guys. Every one of them from now on was going to be themed uh, based on the number. Uh, <laughs> and 102 is going to be um, uh, da- all Dalmatian sequels. Dalmatian sequels. Yeah. Dalmatian movie. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, enjoy enjoy some of our greatest hits, and thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. See ya. That would really suck if someone just came up and they were like, enjoy your nanomites, and they just fucking injected little robots into your system. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd be kind of, well, if they're running around fixing me, I like them. If they're doing the right stuff and not taking over, like, inner space style. Yeah, I don't want to have, like, a mini Den- Dennis Quaid inside me doing whatever you did in that movie. I didn't see the movie. That I, just is, remember I would trail. rather have a mini Dennis Quaid in me than a mini Randy Quaid, <laughs> who would just wreak havoc <laughs> yeah. on your system and then is, not pay the bills. He's hiding out in different parts of yeah. your body. Other robots are Hey, I am in your spleen. <laughs> Fucking crazy in here. Let's have a party. There's a study that recently uh, was conducted with snakes um, showing that if you give a male snake estrogen, he suddenly becomes very attractive to the other male snakes. Uh, and they said that the estrogen is the, the same exact chemical found in many animal species, ranging from snakes to amphibians, fish, mammals, and humans. And the research confirms, once again, the unusually powerful role that estrogen can play in biology. Does it start to grow boobs? Uh, it that's did what I not. was going to say. Is that, that's the equivalent. I've seen some loose shakers on a bigger fella and like not, <laughs> not made my way up to the head yet. I'm like, oh, that lady's not wearing a bra. Oh, you're a dude. How do you look you're at trickster? I like the idea of you look at people like a cartoon, just feed up slowly. <laughs> just slowly <laughs> stand up. Mustache. Blah. <laughs> you had me at loose shakers. <laughs> 
No, when when you just did the act out with your hand yeah. of the penis, yeah. it was so big that I got jealous at your ghost penis. <laughs> like, do you, ever, do, you, do you ever see someone like fake jerk off, but like their their fingers don't even connect? They're do like, you, do you ever, you're like beating off, and do your just, fingers like, connect when you jerk off? Of course they connect. Well, I have huge hands. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, what? You can you can do a. He really threw you again. Right <laughs> wait, yeah, you re- wait. What are you talking about? You, you, when you're really, you can really. No, oh, surely your fingers connect. Surely, oh, you can yeah, touch. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, I mean, you, you don't. That's not how you. Ho- okay, I'm getting fucked with. Clearly, I'm clearly getting fucked with. There's no way. There's no way that you're not connecting your fingers. <laughs> I, well, maybe. Oh no! I mean, sure, whatever you say, I'm Jesse. Not. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> Okay. No, but you know how sometimes <laughs> you can send in your dick pics to at what was the at at gmail dot com. I remember to put the title uh, subject line penis. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I just uh, no. You were like, you were like Peroni's disease. Is that like when your penis is and then and then it looked, looked like you had an invisible Pringles can in your hand. And I'm just like Jesus, man. That's your that's your mime. Yeah, once that's you, your mime dick. Once you pop, you just can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have just one. <laughs> that's your that's your mime dick. And uh, don't rub your eyes afterwards. Yeah. Stinks. <laughs> I bring out at parties. Wow. Oh. I just got jealous of your mime dick. <laughs> Brutal. Here's here's another bee discovery. Uh, bee scientists have been busy this week. These ones are at Newcastle University in the UK. And they've just uh, now, got... now, these are bee scientists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Whoa. the lab coats what, are very What did the human scientists say? <laughs> <laughs> so these guys, the, uh, these are uh, Gerald... usually making different versions of Cheerios, but today they're concentrating. Because <laughs> there's nothing bees would like better if they were scientists to make humans eat more honey. <laughs> oh, if we could just get these ass, these giant assholes. To eat more of our baby food, <laughs> maybe we wouldn't. We, maybe we could get a different strain of weird well, eggs from them. They're sick of these adorable bears hogging it all, man. <laughs> they just come around getting their face stuck in the jar. If bees had scientists, they would be working on nuclear missiles to kill to take us. Out the bears, oh us, yeah, us. all of us. Yeah. We have been nothing but dickheads to bees. <laughs> Wearing them as beards. <laughs> That's the last. That was the final thing. Just wearing them as beards. Imagine how insulting it is for you as a species if another species wears you. <laughs> Not even your like your fur or anything. Just wears you. Yeah, like just, as a live thing. It's you're... just a facial appendage. You're just you're just there, just there to look good. Ugh. Damn hipsters. <laughs> Let's just do a hypothetical. Let's say you are the bowhead whale. You're the second biggest whale after the blue whale, and you exist in a lot of cold waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your body is designed to, to, make, to, re- to retain as much heat as possible. You're chubbier than most whales. You're not elongated, so that your ratio of love... Have I yet been impregnated by screaming James? <laughs> as far as we know, no. That could actually warm you up, having, having a little baby bowhead whale inside you. But uh, So you're chubby. You're kind of round, rotund. So as to lose minimal heat, uh, but let's say you're migrating, you get too hot. How do you cool yourself off as a wow. bowhead whale? That is a very long hypothetical. You know? <laughs> what a if you could design a body part to cool yourself off? What would it be? What would it look like? How would it function? Well, I'm guessing it's its penis. <laughs> you would yeah. think that. You would think oh, that. so I'm, there's a false teaser. I'm going to go one up on you. Yeah. Uh, 
Imagine as well as just your regular penis, um, Carol. You also had <laughs> yes. Uh, you also had a rather penal-like organ that was hidden in your mouth. Mm. So you swim with your mouth open, and uh, when needed, blood can rush to your hidden secret mouth penis, swell <laughs> it, have a high surface area of blood vessels that are coming into contact with the cold water, and use that to lower your core temperature. Wow, you lost me at mouth penis. <laughs> <laughs> You gained me at my penis. <laughs> I, I know that when I'm warm, I like to blast my penis with cold water. Man, oh man. Oh, is that refreshing, right? Some people are like lemonade guys. Not me, man. No, no, no. Bucket of cold water right on the old penis. If I had a mouth penis, I'd eat a lot of popcorn. Just so I'd get that one little one stuck at the back See, I I'd thought, need a spittoon. I thought you would just fill your mouth with popcorn and then invite your date to reach in. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that works too. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ventura, um, what what is your take on science? You think Mr. Ventura is the way to address a former <laughs> governor? <laughs> Got it. Did, did you study science, Mr. Uh, Governor Ventura? I don't study science. Scientists study me. <laughs> I'm an anomaly of the human physiognomy. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. I'm an I'm an anatomic I'm an anatomical anomaly. I'm oh. an anomalotic anomaly. Mr. Ventura, if you could fight, uh, have a, just a straight up you versus another animal, and you think it would be a good fight, what animal would that be? Well, I've personally bested a leopard. <laughs> this, this might be a weird question for me to ask, but like, what is the difference between head lice and pubic lice? I, we looked this up at work when this came up. Oh, someone, it's, someone um, thought it's that the, that the it nurse at school can only check for the head lice. <laughs> <laughs> Better answer. <laughs> And the one that got stuck through and the one that gets referenced to me in America to a point where this guy who has no career in Australia anymore would be so glad to oh, know he's I know still where being... I know where you're going with this. Yahoo serious. Yes. <laughs> he's come up so many times oh in this podcast. Yeah. I do not know what that moment Yahoo serious had here, but this is a guy who has not been mentioned in Australia for 20 years, yeah. and I cannot go 20 minutes in this country without someone bringing up <laughs> Yahoo serious. Dude, he invented the theory of relativity. Right. As well, a youngster. As a youngster. Yeah, that's right. And played an electric guitar to Fuse nuclear bombs. So, like, <laughs> if that doesn't warrant remembering in our in our hearts, man, he was. You know, he had a, a follow up to uh, Young Einstein, uh-huh. uh, which was about the life. It was it was from the same playbook, sort mm-hmm. of a fictionalized account of. Uh, wait, 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 fictionalized. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. You guys, this is blowing my mind right now. Oh my god, is this the basis of this entire <laughs> yeah, science that's, podcast? That's how is I got the, into science? Is yeah. science <laughs> from Young Einstein? It's just Andy just throws down the microphone and storms <laughs> off. <laughs> Nothing I knew is true. I can't trust anything. <laughs> well, you know, we when we were kids, we did this uh, again. I didn't know what it was at the time, but we we my, we were latchkey kids. So my parents weren't around, so it was just me and my four brothers, and. Uh, our house became headquarters for every terrible thing. So we had a bunch of kids over, and we put on a magic show. 
in our house. We called it Mr. Magic, the Mr. Magic show. And all we did was we turned all of the burners on on the stove. <laughs> oh, my God. And we threw hot chocolate in the air. <laughs> and it would go <laughs> and make a huge fireball. <laughs> And it was awesome. It was like you were just like, ah, Mr. Magic Show, and there was no other trick. Literally, it was the only <laughs> trick we had. But we turn all the burners on and we throw the chocolate in the air. <laughs> Huge fireballs! Yay! Screaming, going crazy. Um, we do that for a week or two. Did you wear a tuxedo for this? <laughs> I did not, unfortunately. I should have. Uh, so after a, like a week or two, my mom comes uh, again. She usually didn't cook dinner because she was always working. But on a weekend, she decided to make dinner once, and she tur- turned the burners on, and they wouldn't turn on uh, because they were covered with fudge because the chocolate. <laughs> Oh had God. melted and burned. <laughs> and powder, no one talked that had caramelized. Yeah, yeah, it had caramelized all over the burners, and she didn't know what it was. And then we had, oh, we were just doing a Mr. Magic show. <laughs> and then we had we also had a stove we're in the throwing basement. Throwing chocolate in the air. Yeah, we're dumb. Uh, and then we had a basement uh, and a stove down there once, mm-hmm. and uh, we had turned on all of the burners, but there was no fire. We wanted to play Mr. Magic in the basement, and there was no fire. <laughs> And, uh, and we left them on. Look at you're still going like we wanted to play Mr. On. Magic. <laughs> so it's just a room for the gas. Well, yeah, we didn't know that because we were kids. And then oh uh, what happened was uh, we we tried to light them after like five minutes, and uh, it, it exploded like it almost exploded the entire like a fireball scorched the the, the floor <laughs> of the kitchen above towards black on the tile, and we was on fire. It was a huge fire. We had to run and get my mom, and she came downstairs, and it was uh, it was a mess. So Wait, you were in the fireball. No, we were downstairs and we we set up. We had turned the gas on, but we left it on for like five minutes. Yeah, and yeah, we, but like, how close were you to the source of the fireball? Pretty close. <laughs> well, we went to light the it. Ceiling, and it, it didn't. It didn't hurt you guys though. It didn't burn. It your went hair up or? and out. Well, no, we fell down. I mean, it was a that wow. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, it was just. Uh, went, <laughs> that pisses all over my cook bottle one. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> Look, at you had good parents. <laughs> that was Mister Magic's revenge. Yes. I like that it's a personified that there's a. Yeah, not like yeah. the fact that you still described it. We went downstairs to do Mister Magic. Yeah. <laughs> we went downstairs to make a fire. It's almost like the um, the excuses in the story, isn't it? Yeah. We weren't mucking about. We were doing Mister Magic. Mister Magic, come on, come on, guys, lighten up. You've all done that. It was a show that went wrong. <laughs> Where I got my start. Yeah, it was, it was a, a show that went ar- mishap. Yes. <laughs> it happens all the time in a the theatre. Yeah, it went awry. <laughs> But let's face yep. face it. I think sometimes the the correct pronunciation gets it wrong. Like Ori, what's awry? awry? Things have gone awry. Surely is a far better way of saying it. Yeah, but, but as things have gone awry, awry that's, is that's the correct way. Ori, yeah. How did you find <laughs> that out? What are you talking about? Ori, are you fucking with us? No, yeah. no. Fuck off. A W R Y. It's supposed to be Ori. No, it's, it's always been awry. Everyone's what? always said awry. Thank you. Hi, I know. You're but fucking it's not. with us. Uh, no, no, I'm not. Look it up. Look it up. How Phonetically, do you look that up? it'll okay. say it's Ori. No. I'm serious. No. Exactly. No. Pronunciation gets it wrong. Uh, you're going to be Ori. You brought this up because <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking Ori, is what it is. Have a look. Check it All out. All right, here we go. Ori. <laughs> no. 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 There's an entire YouTube video with 708 views. It's just how to say or pronounce Ori. <laughs> 708 views. Yep. 709. All right. I think, I think that's been bastardized. I'm sorry, but I think the original pronunciation is Ori. I could have misheard it. Hold on. No, no, no. All it's right. a rye. It's a rye. 